0: Uh, Hi there, this is Steve Spurrier. You can join University of Florida Hall of Famer Shane Matthews and also the two-time SEC Player of the Year every weekday as he brings you all you need to know about the Florida Gators, including news, analysis, opinions, and some of the biggest names in sports. You can find him on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite
1: podcasts. Or you can watch him live at 8 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Good morning, folks. We are looking at, you're looking live at Pato Matthews in the morning from the Crime Prevention Security System Studios. Large enough to serve you, small enough to care. It's Friday. We got JC. And then we have Jay kip will take over oh. the second portion of today's program. Um, if you missed it yesterday, Gators lose in overtime in Nashville to Mississippi State on a last second shot. Yeah. I didn't see any of the game, unfortunately. Uh, but a lot of uh, conference tournaments are in full force right now. The selection show will be Sunday. And uh, we'll yeah. talk about whatever you want to talk about. We'll TPC, uh, JC, and our picks, how they're doing. And good morning, JC. Yeah, buddy. Uh, you Bobby Knight hat on, I see.
2: Well,
0: you know, it's that time of year, QB. I can't wait for the flashy show tomorrow night. I'm so excited about that. Actually, it's Sunday night. And, um, yeah, I mean, the the, the uh, favorites get into action on the courts today. They've had, what, five, six, seven days off, something like that. So, I mean, you know, we're going to find out. I think a couple teams have to play their way in. Obviously, some teams have to stay on the bubble and, and, and continue to be in. But I think for the teams like – Kansas and Alabama, UCLA, they're playing to find out if they can get a top seed in the in a region. So, um, you know, for Alabama specifically out of the SEC, I think one of the region sites is Birmingham. So obviously they want to play well in this tournament or the next next two games to pretty much solidify the idea that they would get a, a couple of games in Birmingham, Alabama. So that's you know that's what I, I guess they're thinking about, trying to get back on track. Got all these teams that have had a long week off, and um, you know we've got TPC golf, Florida baseball. QB, what about that this weekend? Well,
1: I wanted to bring that up. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't know if you're aware of this, but JC they have this kid named Jack Caglione. I, I know Caglione, I, know. We, I should say I pronounce yeah. his name wrong all the time. <laughs> yeah, he's hit 11 home runs in 15 games.
0: He's like uh, Otani. Okay, yeah, he pitches that. as well. He's Otani, and, and really, he's the player right now that, yeah, for some reason, you know, we talked about, for good reason, we talked about all the guys that were hitting home runs last week against poor old little Miami, and this guy, Jack, is a two-way guy. He's Brad Wilkerson. He's Otani. He's, you know, he's um, he's the player that the country watches, and here he is playing in Gainesville, so fans are, are should be feeling very fortunate that they get to see a talent like this in Gainesville. Now, who, who are they playing... QB, I have to apologize. I, I, I
1: apologize, too. I don't even really know who we got.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to find out. And I'm sure one of our loyal uh, viewers will, will feed us uh, the information. But I want to say they're playing Alabama in baseball. And, already? Conference play
1: can't start already.
0: Okay, so maybe I'm, I'm crazy. I, I guess I am. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. Well, I heard somebody say that at the golf course, and so I wasn't listening. Uh, no, next game. Let's see. They've got uh, Siena? Oh, home series versus Sienna Saints.
1: <laughs> the Saints are rolling in. Look out.
0: I don't know why I would think. I mean, just hit me over the head. Um, yeah, here come the Siena Saints. All right. So this is going to be another one of those batting practice weekends, and that's fine. Just you know, go ahead, hit your 15 home runs this weekend, and keep it going.
1: All right. Um, we got a couple of Facebook lives brought to you by Mountain Law. Um, Andy wants to know if we're having a uh, March Madness bracket contest. Sure, Andy. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm letting our our producer and the folks that run Pot Up get the contest put together. Get to start working on it now, folks. We're letting them do that. You're letting so them,
0: do that, Jimmy. You're letting we'll them give,
1: do that. We'll get. We gave out some great prizes last year. We'll do the same this year. But we got to get our folks to set that up. Phil, you hear me, Phil? All right. So Phil just got the message. Um, Gene wants to know on Facebook Live brought to you by Metal Law, we Gene. need a weight update on JC Gene
0: yeah uh, can't can't crack that 200 barrier just can't do it um, the tennis has taken its toll I've had a foot injury here recently Man, it's tough being a two-way athlete. I, although Gene, you know, maybe thirty years ago was a two-way athlete, and here I am doing it now. I think he just you know, wanted but, to know
1: what your weight was. Yeah, he's I'm, not asking about your athleticism. Well,
0: but see, the athleticism is what cuts the weight, QB. It's like you got to stay active. You can't just sit on your butt all day. You got to do things, and so that's why I'm tying it all together here. And, and it's important that you stay active at this uh, in midlife, you know, QB. You can't just sit up in a coach's box and look at a chart and look at the plays and say, oh, well, maybe we should run that. I mean, I you know. get-
1: maybe we I mean, should do this. Maybe we should do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Are you in the market yeah. to buy or sell your home? <laughs> we be a realtor with Caldwell Banker and anyway, MA Pirates, provide you fast, friendly, reliable service. Give her a call today at 352 562 1411 to help your dreams come true. Uh, SEC tournament, as we said, gets in full force today. Gator season is over. They will likely be in the NIT. And uh, JC, so golf yesterday, I watched a little bit of golf. Uh, A lot of the big boys, uh, well, first of all, the damn wind didn't blow and they they make the course too damn easy. Uh, Um, Are you going to TPC today? Yeah.
0: So today I'm going to go see if Chad Rainey can uh, stay on top of the leaderboard. You know, the guy had four birdies yesterday on the front nine. He had four birdies yesterday on the back nine. He shot 800. I'm thinking, what is this? What is this? And, uh, you know, obviously the pins were in the, in the, most prime you know easy spot perhaps you would say for the first round of a tournament like this but a fifth major is getting you know i think some scores that you would i just maybe don't think maybe, gonna...
1: maybe the uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational is taking yeah. over as the fifth major now
0: well i tell you if you ask Paul Azinger it's the hardest course on the, on the tour right now and the way they they set it up definitely challenges guys but my guy Victor Hovland who i had uh, yeah. He's only two. is only four back. He's four under. He's he's a uh, now on a course like this. I think you, you can get hot and just blow it up, um, but you can also have a couple of wayward shots that that really ruin your round. Uh, Sam Burns is also four under. I like him. Um, Jason Day plays this course well. I think he's three under, and so is Jordan Speed. Today, the group I'm going to watch primarily that I want to see uh, play is Scotty Scheffler, Roy McIlroy. And um, who am I forgetting? The third guy, uh, Roy McIlroy, Scottie in group. Yeah.
1: Roy, but, Roy shot. Uh, he was three or four over par yesterday. Yeah.
0: So he, yeah. So he's got to do something. Oh, I have the gala. He's two under like him. I liked him. Are any of your guys even in the uh, on the board at all? I mean, well,
1: I got I got Max Homa, Matt Fitzpatrick, son Jm. He's like two or three under, and Corey Connors. I don't know where they where they sit. I don't really look at it until tomorrow when they have a cut. Okay. Um, Okay. So I I don't, I don't, I have no idea, JC. Um, I just know this: if you do not birdie the par fives there, you you have no chance. So, that's right. But I'm very disappointed in the grounds crew. At the, at the TPC Sawgrass, I mean, hell,
0: well, Kimmy, I mean made just, it way too easy. Well, look, I mean, they did for some guys, but there's plenty of guys who are, who are you know, at one under or worse. Uh, John Rahm is one under. This guy's made one cut in ten opportunities at this course. One cut. So he doesn't play it well. I, I'm sorry. Did you, he just doesn't. He doesn't. Did, well.
1: did you see Aaron Wise on 18? I didn't. Okay. He hits – I think four T balls snap hooked him in the water. Yeah, he just kept he just kept teeing up, teeing He'd up. Covered. Then he found his last tee ball. He fired way right into the woods.
0: <laughs> so, it is the it is the hardest finishing hole. I want to say the hardest finishing hole in golf. What do you think? Of me? uh, I mean, hey, maybe on the regular.
1: Maybe on the regular tour. I mean, it depends. The wind's the key. If the wind isn't blowing, it's not that hard. He was just trying to cut the corner and he kept freaking yeah. snap hooking it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so anyway, yeah. we got a couple of texts on the Titan, our text line, Josh from Mississippi says, been super busy with work out of town. And so, so uh, this, that, and the other in 2023, but your show has kept me going. With what's going on. Thanks for the great ta- content. Well, thanks Josh. Thanks for listening. I don't know about our, our great
0: content.
1: Um,
0: well, well, I at mean, this time mean, of the year, you're sitting in the swamp. Okay. We come on every day in the morning. And uh, by the way, your guys—you've uh, got Connors at plus three, you've got M at plus three, and you've got Fitzpatrick at plus three. Uh, you're 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 struggling.
1: Oh, you know what? Daggummit, gummit. I thought I had Siwoo Kim.
0: No, oh, you said sung J M, but Siwoo Kim. The hell, program. they're all the same guy. That Okay, Whoa. I'm
1: stru- I'm st- I'm stuck with Sungjae then. But <laughs> well, I, yeah, I yeah. wanted Siwoo because Siwoo plays plays that course good. Yeah,
0: Woo does. Dang it. He's- He's a former champion. How do you not know that? You do know that.
1: I know I mean, and yeah. he's who I wanted, but I got confused with my my South Koreans. Um, <laughs> there was a hole in one yesterday. Did you see that?
0: No, I did not. <laughs> I forgot who
1: had it. but Somebody had a hole in one on seventeen. How about that, JC? Yeah.
0: You know, everybody wants to make a big deal out of seventeen. Give me, it's one hundred and forty-two yard par three. Come on, I don't man.
1: understand why they make it so. I mean, why they think it's so hard?
0: It's not unless the wind is going cross it's not hard at all if you have win with you or if you have win at you it is easy if if the only way that hole becomes difficult is if, and people have told me this is if you've got a left to right or right to left win that is well you know you know why us professionals you know why we don't think it's
1: very difficult why well first first of all yes they they try to if, if if the pin is 142 yards. Yeah, they're trying to hit the ball 142 yards within this certain area on the green. So they're put. Uh, they, you know, they may want a right to left putter, a left to right putter. We just get up there, get the yardage, try, and swing, JC, and
0: try to hit it on the green. Yeah, the one yeah. time I played that hole, I've only played it once. I hit it in that dumb little bunker in the front, made a four. I did not get up and down, but um, that. I just, I guess, I guess it's dramatic because of the the perceived pressure these guys might be on for the leaders, especially on Sunday and Saturday, to try to to try to make a move or to try to stay on top. But my God, it's it's 142 yards. So anyway, I it, it's an iconic hole. It is. It's the most famous hole, I guess you could say in golf. Really, it's the most seen, but uh, it's where everybody stands. You know, your guy Ryan. Riley or Ke- Kevin Riley or the singer uh, Riley, what's the Riley Green? His name? Riley Green gave a great concert right there on Seventeen. You were seven. there? No, but my friends went and they set oh, him see, up on. A,
1: he, he's they, he's unbelievable. Well,
0: so unbelievable. Riley was set up on a stage. Check this out on the sidewalk that they walked, and the entire audience, including many golfers, were right there on the hill watching him perform and yeah i, that- saw, I saw videos
1: of that it's okay, so uh they, you know, know they, they usually have a country uh country artist for the uh military appreciation day every right. year and uh yeah riley green is if, if, if we have any country music lovers out there and you don't know who <laughs> riley green is i suggest you go listen to riley green so who's it's, bigger is riley green bigger or morgan wallace no 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 they're different look riley green is a guy that opens up for morgan wallace Okay. Riley Green is the guy that, that gets on so his bus and he it. goes to the college town. But he's I told you, he's a former quarterback at Jacksonville State University. Mm-hmm. He's working his way up there. But if you're yeah. if you're a true country music fan, you will know who Riley Green is. Uh, it takes one hit, dude. Just get him one he's hit. He's got one multiple, hit. multiple hits, JC. I'm
0: still waiting to hear like one of them. What give me the best song he sings? What's the name
1: of it? Uh, the, the most on popular my- one if Grandpa's Never Died.
0: Okay, I'm gonna listen to Grandpa's Never Died on my way. You'll be,
1: you'll be, you'll be crying, JC. You'll be, I know how how emotional you get. Yeah. Fun, just when when you're driving over there, I don't know who you're driving with, but just tell them to shut the hell up and turn on Riley Green's uh, five or six songs. You'll like all of. He sings. He he's got another one about uh, I don't know the name of it. I don't know the names of songs, but he sang. He sings a song because his grandpa was a huge Alabama fan. Yeah, and it talks in this song. It talks about Alabama beating the hell out of Tennessee. So you will oh, like that. song,
0: yeah. too. God, and that happens so many times. Okay, yeah. great. So yeah. now
1: that we're, now that we're part of the Riley Green fan club here, well,
0: the country music station. And, uh, we're, we're doing great uh, reviews here. I, I see, I need this kind of information. It's a two hour drive through Greek Gulf Springs and some of these little places. I promise you,
1: you listen to Riley green. You will, <laughs> you will like his songs. But All grandpa's right. never dies. Is probably his, uh, his, uh, best one. Uh, okay. Andy has a question on here. He's like, y'all should quit <laughs> talking about country music. He says, uh, Shane, how excited are you to coach Quentin flowers, uh, I mean, Quentin's been here for two days. I don't even know if he'll ever take a snap. Uh what here's what people don't understand. Again, like I told you, we practice for an hour and 40 minutes, and then that's it. There's there's nothing like JC, we need to go out and throw extra with you. Yeah. Or we need to go over this. You can't. It's uh it's it's crazy. And Quentin hadn't played in two or three years. Like I said, I have nothing to do with who we sign. Um, I have nothing to do with calling plays, I just relay plays in. All right, we got a text on the Titanomar text line. It's from an anonymous texter. He says, "I love y'all's Peachland Dental picks. Oh lines. yeah, sure. Can we get Can we get JC's picks of who we should put money on before yeah. the NCAA tournament starts?
0: Absolutely. To and I'll tell you what. Next week, good good text there. I like those kinds of text. Uh Next week, well, well, Sunday when we watch the uh, selection show, we're going to know where who where. You know everybody's playing, and and who's in whose bracket, and which bracket is harder, and which bracket's easier. I'll be all over that next week on Monday and Wednesday and Friday. It starts on Thursday at twelve o'clock in the afternoon, and it goes. No, it all- start.
1: It starts on like Tuesday night.
0: Well, then they got the okay. playing games. You're right. I, I don't I don't even consider the playing games. You're right. It does. So for me, though, I'm a kind of more of a traditionalist. The Thursday day is, is when it starts. These other teams are playing in because they have to, so I don't really care about them. They're going to get beat likely in the first round. Not necessarily, but likely. So uh, the first round for me, anyway, is on Thursday. But at any rate, we're going to, you know, it goes on Thursday. It goes from the beginning of the day in that noontime hour all the way past midnight. On Thursday and on Friday, it is basketball betting heaven. It is basketball watching heaven, and it is heaven, okay? So those first two days are great, and we'll see some crazy thing happen. They'll storm the court, and we'll have a huge upset. You can almost count on a five beating a 12. It happens every year. And in this tournament this year, with all the very good teams, I think, that are going to be in this tournament, uh, we're going to see more upsets than you think. So if you are getting a bracket, you you need to look at some teams that will upset higher seeds, and that happens quite a bit. But I think it's going to happen a lot this year. I think we're going to have a lot of lower seeds win.
1: One of our loyal listeners, Lauren Meadows, says uh, the the first four crank up in his hometown. He's a Dayton Flyer. Oh, he loves the Flyers. He's they Dayton, got Ohio. so
0: screw- they got so screwed during COVID. I felt terrible for Anthony Grant. That was a top four seed that year. They canceled the tournament because of the COVID. And uh, it's, it, I feel terrible what happened with poor Dayton. So, Jer- so Lauren, you know, your Flyers had it that year and it was kind of stolen. Kind of like the Expos when the baseball went on strike. The Montreal Expos were probably the best team in the major leagues. And we'll never know if they would have been world champions because they went on strike.
1: Dan wants to know on Facebook, well, I brought to you by Mel Law, if you're going to Biloxi, JC, for the NCAA tournament.
0: Oh, what a great idea. Maybe. Yeah, I <laughs> maybe mean, Dan will meet you, me, you there. What? Why wouldn't I? I mean, you know, for Dan, it's about a nine-hour drive from Dallas. For me, it's six from here, and the action is is furious. So, yeah, that's possible. Dan, we'll have to talk about that next week. I, I you know, you just put that thought in my head. Wow! So, how much? So,
1: uh, all right, <laughs> celebration points where the Gators go to celebrate uh-huh. with premium brands like Nike, International Diamond that. Center, Dave and Buster's, I just, Palmetto uh, Moon. Okay, slip apology rooms, by right. his rooftop in the HBC's restaurant, what? Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, what? the number one celebrity polished casual what? restaurant in America. Wow. The, did what you now? know that? Yeah. Did you know that Spurrier's what? is the number one celebrity polished <laughs> casual restaurant in America? <laughs> no. No. Right. Uh, there you go. Well, now you do. We will see okay. you at Celebration Point where the Gators go to celebrate. Um, I might go to blood My glasses are getting terrible. I have to
0: uh, – yeah, QB, you're squinting a lot. You're getting wrinkly. well. I mean, they're not working. So when I get yeah. back, I gotta go see the eye doctor. Uh, yeah, you do. Alex, Doc says says Anthony
1: Richardson is going to be 20 years old in May. That's not right. He's got to
0: be older. He's older than 20. Older. He's older well, than 20.
1: He's gotta, well, he's, he's been, been in college count. for three or four years.
0: Yeah, how many times have you heard? Right. How many times? Well, you remember when he was in high school, QB? So just do the count. Um, so Anthony is thought it's gotta of. he has got to be at now, least 21. Yeah, and and. I tell you, everybody's talking about him. I mean, he's like the only guy people are talking about other than Stroud and Bryce. Yeah, it's Anthony Richardson there. Anthony Richardson there. Um, I tell you what, I'm going to make a prediction. This is where Anthony Richardson is going to get drafted. You ready? You tell me mm-hmm. if I'm crazy, but I'm telling you this is going to happen. I believe it's going to happen. He's going to get picked number five by the Seattle Seahawks. That's who he's. That's where he's going. He's going to Seattle. I don't know
1: where the team's picked, so I, I'll well, agree with that. Seattle's got
0: the fifth. Seattle's got the fifth pick. Seattle's got the fifth pick. Re- you heard it here first. Anthony Richardson to the Seattle Seahawks at number five. It's gonna make twenty five million dollars.
1: And see, I got and Ain should work for our program. And you looked up <laughs> AR will be twenty two in May. That's
0: okay, what I'm so, Yeah. Uh, got I be
1: twenty. I was like, there's no way he can be twenty. He's been in college for four years. Yeah, he's going to
0: have, he's going to have 20, yeah.
1: something I think, dollars. I think he will be, the, I still think he will be the fourth quarterback taken fourth. Okay. So you've
0: got Stroud Levis and uh, Bryce Young Bryce in front John. of him. Yeah.
1: Well, well, that's what think, I'm okay. hearing. That's what I'm hearing from some of the personnel people mm-hmm. uh, that, that they, they, you know, a lot of people get enamored with all the combine stuff, but they still, they still uh,
0: put it. I don't him know why I, I, for some reason I've, yeah. Okay. Well, still, he's gonna he's gonna be very happy on on uh, you know the draft is yeah. kind of the big story oh, takes, be great the draft the draft is going to be the big story that, that I guess takes over after the NCAA tournament and after the Masters, we then go to the NFL draft right after the Masters golf tournament. So it's a big. So, JC, before we
1: get before we get out of here and turn it over to Jake, uh, sure. I have a couple of texts here. Uh, I'm not going to read them all, but it, it basically is talking about these quarterbacks in the NFL, just the middle-of-the-road guys getting about 40 or $50 million. Isn't that crazy?
0: I've never seen anything like it in my life. And, and, I, you know, to this day, I still don't know why Major League Baseball pays some of these baseball players what they pay them. But, but yeah, it is crazy what these football – listen, it's all about the television. The NFL rules television. They are the king. There's nothing bigger than the NFL when it comes to television. They command the highest dollars. And those dollars flow down. It goes from top down, and so uh, yeah, I, you know, I think, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's going to be a, a, it's a good thing for these guys. The NFL was typically number three in the professional sports in terms of pay. It was either Major League Baseball or the NBA, one or two, and then the other one was one or two, and then football was always behind those two. So,
1: all right, JC. All right, so let me ask you this: Are you going to go sit? Like behind when they tee off on a par three and after the guy hits the ball, you're going to be one of those guys that screams, get in the hole.
0: (laughs) I actually want to walk to number two, the par five, and see him bomb driver. I'm going to watch that. I'm going to go to number four and see him hit that crazy shot over the – it's kind of an awkward green. I want to see that shot into the green. And then I typically walk down the hill over to number nine and then back to the back nine. So it goes, you walk in 17, you go all the way to the clubhouse, you get something to drink, you go to number two, all the way in the back, watch him bomb driver, come back up that par five, go over to number four, watch him come in on the approach shot, go across the hill to number nine, which is a big area with restaurants and bathrooms and concessions and watch, you know, it's number eight green, which is the hardest par three on the course. Number nine, one of the easier par fives. You get to see him play that hole. Then you go and head to the back nine and the back nine. I've got some great places to hide out on the back nine and uh, watch golf so it's not all about 17 and 16 it, the whole course is fantastic to watch for viewers because it's a stadium type of format where you can get up on a hill and see things you can get close to the golfers and see what their little fidgety habits are and so forth and it's a lot of fun to watch and it's the kind of thing that i'm sure you would love to do but unfortunately you're going to be coaching football this weekend for those Guardians. And I'll maybe be watching you guys, a lot of golf. Don't you worry. I'll guys be watching pull, a lot of golf. Yeah, maybe you can pull it off. I mean, Houston is the, the right now considered the best team. What a great upset this would be if the Guardians could shock the XFL world. Shock the
1: world. Shock you the know, the world. Roughnecks
0: haven't left Houston. I mean, they've played three straight home games. What kind of scheduling know. is that? It's ridiculous. I mean, now
1: I'll tell you what. I don't know. All right, JC, have a great weekend. Um, be careful over there. Don't raise too much hell in the gallery. We'll see you Monday, guys. All right, that's JC. Join us on the Titan MR Highline. Going to take a time out, turn this thing over to Jay Kitt. He'll be talking Gator Sports. You're watching and listening to Pot Matthews in the morning from the Crime Prevention Security Systems Studios. We'll be right back. We want to take this moment to thank our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. Our premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Titan MRI, Gainesville's only locally owned and operated MRI facility. Meldon Law, the only official injury and accident law attorneys of the Florida Gators. Peaceland Dental, Gator Nation's first choice for dentistry in Port Charlotte. Comfort Temp, comfort is our business, peace of mind is our promise. Campus USA Credit Union. QC Kinetics, live pain-free with QC Kinetics. Dave & Buster's, eat, drink, play, and watch. Our gridiron sponsors are Auto ER, UF Bookstores. Celebration Point Town Center, Chris Doring Mortgage, Silverback Concrete Co., Ruse Ogre State Farm Insurance, Doreen Wibby, Realtor, Caldwell Banker, M.M. Parish. Our touchdown sponsors are Adams Ribs, Gator Dominoes, Celebrate Primary Care, Gator Bait Media, Okito America, Style Cuts, Ironwood Golf Course, Big Mills Cheesesteak, McDonald's of Gainesville, 84 Lumber, Tropical Smoothie Cafe, Averin Smith, Dowling Signs, Baker's Sporting Goods, Silver Cube Billiards, and Sports Bar. If you're interested in promoting your business on the show, call Freddie at 352-284-3733. If you like what we're doing here, make sure to follow us and support the businesses that support us.
0: Steve Spurrier here. You know, making a reservation at my restaurant is easier than a Saturday afternoon homecoming
2: game against Vandy. You don't have to call or email. Just go to spurriers.com. Hit the reservation button, pick a date, number of guests, and a time. It's so simple, I can do it. In fact, I just did. Maybe I'll see you tonight.
0: Welcome back in the second half
3: of... Pot up with Matthews in the morning. I'm Jake Hitt. I'll be filling in for Shane this half of the show. I'm joined by Jacob Redner of 24-7 Sports. Uh, I love having him on. He's a great wealth of knowledge. Uh, good to see you again, Jacob. How you doing?
2: I'm good, Jake. I appreciate you having me back on.
3: No problem. So, uh, I mean, look, there's uh, a lot of things that is going on for for Florida right now. Obviously, nobody wants to talk about them losing uh, yesterday on a heartbreaker. I'm more interested in spring practices just started. What have been your early observations through those first few sessions?
2: Yeah, I mean, we only get to observe about 15 minutes of the practices. So the uh, the amount of the observations, at least early on, are, are somewhat difficult to make. Uh, you don't want to jump to conclusions too quickly, just given you know the fact that you don't get to see too much. Uh, that being said, I have been impressed with things broadly. Uh, Florida's offensive line looks to be retooled with guys who are big, athletic, uh, very fluent w- with fluid with their movements, uh, aggressive players. Micah, uh Mazzuka is somebody who stands out to me. Transfer from Baylor. Uh, Damian George, transfer from Alabama, is another guy. Keontae Goodwin, uh, transfers in from Kentucky. These are all players who look really, really good. So i uh am curious to see exactly how that translates when things get into more game like action uh but I would say through three practices, two of which were in helmets only uh one of which was in helmets and shoulder pads only uh, I'm impressed with how Florida's offensive line looks uh and then just broadly, I'm hearing some good things about guys like andy Jean uh freshman wide receiver uh Graham Mertz has gotten a lot of praise early on in spring practices uh and so there are players who we've heard good things about so far, but again, it, it is very early.
3: Yeah, I was going to ask you about Andy Gene. I, I've seen just a lot of stuff about him, about his route running capabilities, which, I mean, look, they're, all they the doing is throwing routes on air in front of you guys. So there's got to be something to be said about being able to do that, like, you know, in that setting.
2: No, there is. Uh, and, and I think it matters uh, to see how the quarterback and the receivers uh, are linking up to a certain degree. How things look in terms of uh, when the ball leaves the hand. Does it appear that guys are on the same page? Are the routes sharp? Uh, are the hands good at the end of the catch? Is the throw good? Uh, but but those are fairly you know basic things that we would expect from players at this level of college, uh, especially on air and practices. Uh, this is really a fine tuning thing that we're observing. I, I again though I you know you don't want to you don't want to jump to conclusions. Uh, based off of things like routes on air uh, or one-on-ones between offensive and defensive linemen, which might not even be at full speed. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think we'll be able to learn a lot more as, as camp goes on in these brief observation windows that we're, we're allowed to have. But again, three practices is just not nearly enough really to have any conclusions. Uh, and again, it, it, college teams are required to spend the first two practices of any camp period in helmets only. Uh, then they have to mm-hmm. transition to shells, which is helmets and shoulder pads before transitioning into full padded practices. Uh, that also contributes to making it somewhat difficult to have any, you know, too early takeaways because guys are required to practice at a certain speed with each stage. Uh, and, and so again, it, it's early. It's very early.
3: Yeah, of course. Uh, if anybody has any questions, feel free to leave them Facebook live for, for Jacob. Uh, Jacob, I, I am... Kind of curious about. Um, I mean, have you talked to any of the guys so far? Has there been any media availability for you?
2: Yeah. So, so we've we've already talked to two, two coaches, two assistant coaches, uh, in addition to Coach Napier, uh, Jabar Jaluk, Florida's running backs coach, and Rob Sale, uh, Florida's offensive line and co or co offensive line and offensive coordinator. Uh, everybody seems really happy with with the way that things are going so far. I think the big theme. Uh, in having talked now to a couple coaches, oh, and and strength and conditioning coach Mark Hockey uh, has also has also talked as well. Uh, the big theme has been the level of comfort, the level of uh, fluency that players and even coaches have as they start to enter their second set of spring practices as a coaching staff. Uh, that's a big thing. I, I think that uh, this is a group of coaches who really is leaning into the fact that players should kind of know what to expect now. Uh, There's a level of kind of understanding, uh, if you will, going into these spring practices and they feel that that's greatly to their benefit. Uh, Things like scheme aren't really a problem this spring. There's not a lot of uh, reteaching going on. Obviously Florida has 39 new scholarship players. Uh, It will be, you know, part of the process will be teaching those guys how things go around here, but to have the rest of the roster already up to speed uh, is a benefit that they did not have last year. So, in in talking to the coaches that that is one of the bigger themes so far.
3: Right. And, um, uh, yeah, the the strength and conditioning I think is the biggest one because you know, guys come in when new strength coaches come in, I feel like it's about kind of shocking guys to get them used to what those different coaches run. Now you can actually, like you said, build off of it and, um, (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, you can build off of it, and guys, knowing guys come in knowing what to expect, and that can make them go that much harder. They commit that much harder to the program. You know, they're not trying to figure out where they they fit inside of it or how they're going to handle it. They know how they can do it and really attack it.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt about that, and and I think that's what they're talking about is just uh, whether it be in the weight room, guys knowing how a workout is expected to unfold, uh, whether that be you know, on the practice field, when the, when the pads are on uh, just knowing the intensity, uh, the the workflow of a practice is really important and helpful. Uh, and, and, and by the way, I should say that Florida does still have two scholarship quarterbacks who went through the system last year. So you have a new guy in Graham Mertz who still has to learn, uh, you know, the schemes and the way that things are supposed to operate from a day-to-day basis at Florida and granted, there have been a lot of people who have said that he's learned quite quickly. But to have two quarterbacks in Max Brown and Jack Miller who do know the workflow, who do know the process at Florida, uh, like Billy Apier told myself and, and Graham Hall, uh, the Swamp 247 uh, crew, uh, he told us that that's really important to have two quarterbacks who are, are ready to go, uh, who understand exactly what needs to happen, uh, that assists and goes a very long way in making sure that practices run smoothly and making sure that uh, guys are able to, you know, learn and uh, acclimate to their environment uh, if, when they have guys around them who are experienced. So I think that is really to Florida's benefit this year, for sure.
3: Uh, uh, Joseph wants to know uh, any takeaways with the new defensive coordinator, Austin Armstrong. Can you feel any intensity from that?
2: Uh, So that's actually a really good question. I'm going to broaden the question out to talk about Austin Armstrong, but as well, Russ Calloway, uh, who is expected to be announced as Florida's new tight ends coach. One of the things that has stood out to me and several other media members in our three practices of uh, very limited observation is that there is an energy change relative to what we observed in practices last year. Uh, Austin Armstrong is a louder, uh, you know, kind of more in-your-face style of coach uh, he's very involved. He's very vocal. Uh, and Russ Calloway is the same way. It's loud. Uh, he is demonstrating drills. Uh, they were working on the uh, the blocking sleds, the solo blocking sleds, two practices ago. Russ Calloway's first uh, after it became clear that he was going to become the tight ends coach at Florida. Uh, and he was the one demonstrating for his players exactly how he wanted the drill to look. Flat back, uh, low, leveraging the pads. Uh, pushing the sled back in a certain way, foot movement had to, you know, be uh, very specifically done, and and it was such a loud, uh, you know, f- really physical involved demonstration from Russ Calloway. I was so impressed, and I, and I, I think that that's been the key difference between Calloway wow. and Armstrong and Tony and Piegler. And that's not to say that Tony and Piegler were doing it wrong. It was just that their style was a lot different. Uh, I think that it could be a nice change of pace for Florida to have kind of that uh, louder uh, authority type coach in both roles.
3: Yeah. It kind of reminds you of uh, Scott Frost when he was, when they were getting ready for Navy and he's running the triple option in practice against his players when they're going through Mm walkthroughs and everything. I mean, I, Oh, I, I think I really appreciate a coach who's who's not afraid to get out and demonstrate. Because that just helps communication and it helps get the message across a lot clearer than if you just tell them, hey, do this thing and tell them the steps to it. You show them, they can kind of visualize it a lot better and it gives them a chance to understand it and get it right the first time.
2: Yeah, and I think for me also, it's that uh, the to have a coach who's out there and, and kind of having that aggressive approach that. Uh, yells out instructions. The guy who's very on top of you if he sees you make a mistake. Uh, I, I only see benefit to that, really. I think that uh, there is something to be said for a coach who, who kind of goes about it with a, with softer mannerisms uh, throughout practices. That can be helpful as well. Uh, it, there's there's key differences. For me personally, uh, I do believe that the the coaching style that Callaway and Armstrong bring to the table. Tends to, in my observations, get more out of the athletes uh, than the other does. And so I'm excited to see the results. I think that uh, Austin Armstrong is going to work a lot with Florida's safeties. How does that unit perform relative to last year? Uh, How do Florida's tight ends perform relative to last year? And I think that tight ends specifically are a great unit to be able to keep an eye on because there's hardly any change to it. Uh, Florida lost a couple players, certainly. Uh, Only brings in Tony Livingston. The unit looks exactly pretty much the same as it did last year. It, the variables don't have, have not really changed other than the coach. So it'll be yeah. interesting to me to see exactly how the tight ends perform, uh, how much they're involved in Florida's offense from a passing perspective, and how successful they are in the run blocking game as well.
3: Yeah, I am asking you, um, can you see that then being more of a factor uh, this year compared to last year just on the fact that they basically look the same in terms of that room?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think it's a possibility. I, I, there's there's no way to know right now. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that Florida's tight ends, uh, Billy Napier is a guy who likes to get them involved. He he loves 12 personnel stats. Uh, that's, that's one running back and two tight ends, for those of you who are unfamiliar. Uh, he, he went to that a ton at Louisiana. We saw quite a bit of it last year as well. Uh, it, it, tight end involvement in an offense doesn't necessarily mean catching the ball every other play. Uh, it It is a blocking thing. Uh, it's a pass protection thing. Uh, it's such a dynamic position that I do think that there's more ways than just catching the ball and racking up receiving yards that Florida's tight ends can contribute. So in that respect, I, I do think it could improve a great deal and it kind of has to. Uh, of Florida's 21 players, just kind of off the top of my head, but of Florida's 21 players who recorded at least 200 offensive snaps last year, uh, all of Florida's tight ends ranked i believe just the bottom three of, of of those 21 players in terms of offensive overall rating according to pro football focus that needs to improve uh F- florida will need some more production out of that position so i i do think that there's not the, the the bars is somewhat low after the first season and i do anticipate some improvement
3: sorry i have myself muted to take a drink there it's my fault Uh, Let me tell everybody about Ruse Ogre Insurance. Ruse Ogre State Farm Office is a team of dedicated insurance professionals to help life go right with the right insurance options for you and your family. Visit ogreinsurance.com or call them at 352-240-1779. Jacob, you're not just taking time to cover the Gators uh, out at the practice facility for football, but you're also spending plenty of time at Condren Ballpark. Uh, The Gators have their... Last non conference weekend series before they started up against uh, Alabama in SEC play. Uh, What have you liked about this non conference stretch for them so far?
2: Man, I I, I think you got to start with the offense. Uh, This is a team that has scored at its worst six runs uh, in a game. That was a game that Florida lost, scoring six runs. Six runs is going to get you a lot of wins uh, in in most games. Uh, The offense is. So, so dominant. I think that Florida has hitters one through nine who look about as good uh, as anybody in that respective batting order position in the country. So I'm talking Florida has is competitive at least for the best nine hole hitter in the nation. Florida is competitive for the best seven hole hitter in the nation. Uh, They are offensively so streamlined, so mature in their approach. Uh, The power that this team has, is, is pretty much unparalleled. They're on pace to absolutely shatter the single-season home run record for the program. Uh, guys like Jack Caglione are among the most impressive players I've seen at the college level, period. Uh, a great pitcher, leads the nation with 11 home runs. Uh, Wyatt Langford is on track to be a top-five overall pick in uh, this year's upcoming MLB draft. Uh, just, just such an impressive uh, lineup that, that has been assembled for this team. Uh, the starting rotation stands out to me over the weekends. Florida has guys who I think could truly start on Friday nights for almost any other team in the country. Uh, and, and then of course, you know, just I'm running through the whole thing here. Uh, bullpen has been the, the biggest concern for this group, but granted, just with the strength of the team in the other two areas, I just mentioned, this looks like a squad that has the potential to make a really deep run, uh, into the NCAA post season.
3: Yeah. That bullpen has been a really touchy issue for, for, for Florida. Um, and Sully was a little bit hesitant to start getting at him a little bit, but he, he I think he's come out and said, look, we just have to pitch better coming out of the bullpen. Uh, and you know, I've seen it to where the team is just completely, they put one guy in and it just completely snowballs from there. There's no guy who can really kind of put the fire out for them. There is no fireman, even though Karsten Finvold warms up to the little So that is something that I think must be driving Sully insane because everything else seems to be working well for them, especially on defense. Defense last two years has been kind of an issue with errors, um, especially guys like Josh Rivera, who would kind of take his at-bats out to the the field with him and he'd commit an error or two uh, throughout the game if he wasn't hitting well. And he's shown a lot of maturity in that. And, you know, he's really stepped up being a leader. And he's, even though he was one for nine, I think against Miami, he was still playing great defense, even was keyed in on a a big double play that got them out of an inning on Sunday. But the bullpen would, hopefully this can be a time that the Gators can kind of work on that because Sienna is not good. They're two and 10. I mean, how do you, do you see this being just a couple of run rules and, and on to SEC play.
2: Yeah, I mean this is this is one of those series that's probably going to be pretty ugly uh for Florida's opponent. But but I don't know that it's about, you know, whether or not Florida's gonna win this series. It, it's obvious that Florida's if Florida doesn't sweep, it would be a surprise. Uh, but but this is kind of an opportunity for Florida to just continue to to trot arms out there, uh, get guys work off the mound. We mentioned the bullpen. Uh, they are off to a good start this week. They obviously need to see more from them. But uh, Kevin O'Sullivan was pleased with the way the majority of the guys threw uh, in Florida's 18-11 win over FAU on Tuesday. Uh, obviously, Florida's arms were great. Uh, Tyler Nesbitt and Philip Abner on Wednesday, throwing eight shutout innings, just two hits uh, in an 11-0 victory. But now is the time to kind of capitalize on that momentum. Florida feels good about where the team is headed uh, from a pitching perspective. After two midweek games against Florida Atlantic, Keep that momentum going now against a team like Siena. Uh, get your starting pitchers in there, six innings, get them out. Uh, throw your bullpen in there, see what happens. That is a very valuable thing to have. Uh, and then Florida has one more game against UNF. So uh, that, is, that is also another one of those opportunities to really test guys out out of the bullpen before you face Alabama next Thursday.
3: Right. Uh, I'll tell you about Comfort Tep really quick. Uh, comfort temp comfort is their business peace of mind is their promise beat the summer heat and schedule your air conditioners tune up today keep you keeping you chill and the Florida heat far away comfort temp heating and air call them at 352-376-2366 and that brings us the uh this day in sports brought to you by comfort temp so i have this one I've, i there are a couple that were really good but i thought this one was most interesting 1973 uh March 10th, North Carolina state wins the ACC tournament under coach Norm Sloan, who had just coached at Florida a couple years prior. Uh, the Wolfpack became the 13th team to win the regular season and the conference tournament. Um, but they did not go to the NCAA tournament because they had sanctions due to recruiting a guy by the name of Dave Skywalker Thompson, who was really big for them, uh, from like 1971, 1975, they actually then went on to win the national championship that next year. So happy conference the week, everyone. Uh, back to more baseball. I, I am interested to see what happens with the starters. You mentioned them. Because, I don't know, I might be a little bit more of a perfectionist in terms of my evaluation. I'd like to see them go a little bit longer um in terms of innings maybe a little being a little more efficient in some spots but what you said with getting the bullpen work would you see them kind of going maybe a little bit shorter just to get bullpen
2: work for guys well first of all i i i think that florida starters have been really good uh averaging roughly six innings each uh every time they go out there you don't need much more than that you know a six inning outing is going to be uh, perfectly acceptable from Florida starting pitchers. So I think that they've been really good uh, in that regard. They're all missing bats. Uh, Hurston Waldrop currently ranks second in the country. Brandon Sprout is not terribly far behind. Uh, he's striking out a whole bunch of guys. Jack Caglion has a sub 2-2 ERA. I think his ERA is like 2.08 or something through three weekends. Uh, I think Florida's starting pitchers have looked really, really good. Uh, do I think that they would go shorter to get the bullpen more work? No, probably not. Uh, I think that Florida will try and get its starters at their appropriate amount of work uh, as well this weekend. So I, I would say six or seven innings are probably within reason, unless somebody's doing something historic. They could probably go even longer. Yeah. Uh, but but no, I don't I don't think that they'll change their plan just to get the bullpen more innings.
3: Yeah, I, I just say that because I I don't know. I guess I came with the expectation you know, that Brandon Sprout would probably continue what he did those final six weeks. Of the the regu- of the season last year, and Hurston Waldrup is just an absolute horse so i I might have had a little bit higher expectations for them than what a, a a starter would do you know I would think these are guys that you can expect to go seven innings when they take the bump just because of how good they are as
1: pitchers
2: yeah I mean that's just not that's just not in my opinion an expectation that is people expecting seven innings out of a starting pitcher nowadays is probably not super realistic, especially at the college level, uh, pitchers, a six inning start is a really good start at that. Yeah. That's your, that's your benchmark for quality start. So look, I mean, if you're going to get six innings out of these guys, every single time, they're going to be in the conversation for some of the better pitchers in the country. Uh, that six innings is, is a, is a really good performance. I mean, would it be mm-hmm. nice to see them poke into the seventh inning a couple more times? Maybe. Sure. Uh, I think for where Florida's at in the year, though, it's been a it's been a it's been a perfectly fine start in terms of the, the caliber of the starting pitching.
3: Right. Maybe I'm just dumb. Who knows? Uh, I've, I've, I'm probably still a little bit used to right before the specialization and all that stuff, where guys were usually going a little bit longer than this. Two, that's like right. 130 pitches here. I'm just talking like uh, you, did, you weren't going to relievers in the the fourth or fifth inning. But uh, I just want to ask you, who's somebody you think has really caught your eye outside of the Wyatt Langfords and the Jack Cagliones and the Josh Revers, all the big names? Who's somebody that you've really liked watching so far this season?
2: Well, I don't know if you're going to consider him a big name and you can nix it if you do. But I I have been thoroughly impressed with Cade Curlin, Florida's second baseman. Uh, Just such a mature hitter for somebody who really should be a senior in high school. Uh, And yes, I know he is the same age uh, roughly as his fellow current true freshman. Uh, but but that doesn't that doesn't mean he has the same experience. He 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 had not played a senior year of high school. Uh, that's a critical phase in a lot of players' developments. Uh, but he's just such an elite hitter, just so calm at the plate, uh, so in tune with his swing. Uh, th- this is a guy who's really impressed me. His defense is very good. Uh, but but he's already hitting leadoff for Florida. So I I am uh, that that's definitely the person who I think has stood out to me the most. Uh, besides you know your big. Wyatt Langford's and why, you know, uh, Jack Caglione's, Josh Rivera, I, I, I would probably give it to Kate Kerland.
3: Excuse me. And Yeah. It, right. And it feels like when Mikey Robertson kind of went down, that that really gave him a super big chance to step up in the lineup.
2: It, it certainly did. I mean, it, Mikey Robertson was the uh, projected leadoff hitter for this Florida team. Uh, he suffered a minor knee injury. Again, Cincinnati in the Friday night game wasn't able to play the next three games. Uh, Florida promotes uh, Cade Curlin into its leadoff spot. I believe he was hitting sixth before he moved up to first uh, and is doing super great. Hitting over 400. uh, He's got five bombs on the year. Uh, He's he's reached base, I believe, in every single game of the season so far uh, that he's participated in, including the one time he had a, a pinch hit walk is his lone plate appearance of a contest uh this is a guy who is appearing to be somebody who's really going to be special uh at Florida and beyond so a great addition by Kevin O'Sullivan uh speaks to his ability to recruit so well and and yes as somebody who is clearly taking advantage of an opportunity
3: yeah uh those, those Berkeley prep kids I mean Berkeley preps produced all kinds of athletes Nelson Aguilar is actually an alumnus of that school down there uh in Tampa so I mean with this weekend, do you think you're going to see some guys, maybe you know, like a, you know, Cade Curlin obviously is taking advantage of his, but do you see some other guys maybe getting an opportunity this weekend just because of the nature of the opponent?
2: Maybe uh, I, I think I think Kevin O'Sullivan's kind of of the mind right now that he's working on fine tuning the the lineup and the rotation and the bullpen uh, uh, for guys who are really going to be out there consistently throughout the remainder of the season. So I just don't think it's his style to calibrate, you know, maybe I should put in some guys who are deeper reserves in the starting lineup. That's not how Kevin O'Sullivan rolls. Kevin O'Sullivan uh, treats every opponent as if it's the hardest opponent he's faced. Uh, I expect Florida's starting pitchers to have no, you know, new limits to how far they can go into the ball game or what it is they can do. Uh, I expect Florida to use its top relievers when it comes time to go to the bullpen. I expect the team's top lineup to be out there uh, when they announce the starting lineup every day this weekend, uh, I, I just think that this is—he views every single one of these series as uh, very important, very difficult. He said last week that there isn't a team in the state of Florida that you can't—that you that you can just go about not taking seriously. Uh, he said, if one mistake against a Florida university or college, uh, and and you're done. And so, yeah, I, I would expect this to look exactly like the other weekends have so far.
3: Yeah. obviously that being uh, definitely the case on. I believe it was Tuesday night against FAU where um Nolan Shanuel had 3 bombs and all of them were absolute nukes.
2: Yeah, he's I mean he's he's a legitimate major league baseball prospect. I think that's a guy who's going to get drafted uh you know it could be in the top 3 rounds. It's probably one of the better uh, prospects out of FAU in in a couple of years. So he he's a phenomenal hitter. And and that lineup is good too. I I I think FAU uh on Tuesday impressed me in their ability to kind of hang with Florida from an offensive perspective, especially Chanual. Uh just a, a really good swing, a lot of power. Uh, and, and, and you wouldn't maybe necessarily expect that from a team like FAU. So uh, yes, like, like Kevin O'Sullivan said, Florida teams uh, tend to have a, a couple of players on those rosters who can, who can hurt you. Uh, and FAU certainly did that as well.
3: Right. Uh, giving la- two, uh, two more reads here. Uh, if you've got, Knee pain, uh, shoulder pain, or hip pain, or back pain that won't go away. You need to check out QC Kinetics for long lasting relief, not surgery, drugs, or downtime. Schedule your free consultation at QCKinetics.com or QC Kinetics with locations in Ocala and now opening Gainesville 352 400 4550. And then Peachland Dentistry is for you, Jacob. Gator's number one choice for dentistry in Port Charlotte and surrounding areas. Visit them at peachlanddental.com and join uh, JC and Shane for their Peachland Dentistry weekend picks. Hopefully they made those in the first half of the show because I don't have any for you, Um, Jacob. I will ask you for one pick, though. uh, Who is going to win the men's SEC basketball tournament?
2: Hmm, That's a good question. Uh, This isn't going to be a popular answer, but I'm going to go with Alabama. I think that that, that's a team that's just rolling – uh, deep roster, very talented players. Uh, several guys who I think can have a successful career at the NBA level. Uh, they're just they're just beating teams bad. So I I I think I think the safe pick is Alabama. Uh, and if I were to give a fun pick, uh, did Vandy win? Did Vandy win? Have they? Played I already?
3: believe so. I gotta look. Yes, they play Kentucky tonight at nine.
2: Okay, so uh, my fun pick will be Vanderbilt. They're hot, really hot. Jerry Stackhouse, co-SEC coach of the year, uh, along with Buzz Williams. Uh, just peaking at the right time here, if you want to toss around that terminology. Yeah. Uh, definitely peaking at the right time. Uh, so my, my safe pick, Bama. My uh, little more exciting upset pick will go Vandy.
3: Yeah, that'd be great to see Stackhouse win it, and they go. They absolutely would solidify themselves going to the NCAA tournament by getting that automatic berth. Uh, if anybody else was wondering, SEC tournament games today: uh, Alabama and Mississippi State, Tennessee and Missouri, uh, Arkansas and Texas A&M, and obviously Kentucky and Vanderbilt is your night game. Those games are going one o'clock, three o'clock, seven and obviously nine. I want to thank Jacob again for joining us. He's been a great guest every single time he's been on. Go check out his work at 24-7 Sports. Him and Graham Hall do awesome uh, work there, getting all kinds of scoops and all kinds of information for everybody in the Gator Nation. But for him, I'm Jake Hit. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.